Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Twilight After Show podcast. I'm Neil Melanson. With me, of course, Kristen Oaks-White, co-host of Twyla, producer Carl Wiggers. Our intern, Cassidy Tingle, is here. And our graphic artist, Monica Velasquez, is around, but she's not near a microphone. Taking pictures. Yeah, you can hear of, the Of me right, right now. Right. Um, so we've got a pretty cool show this week. I know we've been gone for a little while. but we, first, Let's first address the fact we've been gone since May. Wow. I'm sorry, everyone. That's it listening. doesn't upset anybody as much as Carl. I, I hate it. I feel like we're I feel like we're abandoning our, our listener. Yeah. Or two. Listener. Well, there's a two listeners. <laughs> so I'm sorry, listener. All two or and listener, half of them. All yeah. two, three, four, whatever. Sorry. We love both y'all. Uh, <laughs> Mom, Dad. <laughs> Carl loves you a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Super love. Anyways. We've been, it's been a busy summer and we've been in and out of the office. So that's why we haven't, we tried to keep, we try to do podcasts when we're all together. Right. And that's hard, to, hard to happen, especially in the summer when we've all been uh, taking care of convention stuff. And Avery's been super busy. He's out today. Um, he's at a mom who's sick and just um, running around, you know, the kids or been in and out of summer camp and that kind of thing. So it's been a lot. Been a crazy time. Yeah. But yeah. here we are. All right. We're back. We are. And uh, first up, of course, I want to talk about my story. That's about right, Neil. I want to talk about me. I want to talk about me. Enough about all y'all. Let's talk about it. Because we've talked about us so long. More specifically, more about uh, Brandon and Danielle Vale. Um, And I did kind of a year in review, although, as Carl reminded me earlier, it's 51, not 52 weeks here. So I've got a a reason to remember that. Why is that? Hurricane Laura is what you did the story with the Vales about. Right. Happen, like I moved into my new house the day Hurricane Laura. Gotcha. So I remember the date pretty well because it's closing date. Yeah. So that's how I know. So, yeah. anyways, that's why I corrected you earlier. So no, it's it's uh, all good. Um, I I just wanted to see like. how they were doing in particular. They were one of the people whose stories kind of touched me from Hurricane Laura last year and uh, through Delta. They've gone through a lot because um, it's kind of funny that they had a culvert you saw it in my story last year that was blown over one of their fences and 800 yards through their field and almost into a, pasture. into a pasture well when i went back i asked about it delta hurricane delta not coronavirus delta brought it back it moved it all 800 yards back across the fields because the winds were blowing it the other way how, and how it came to rest on there so uh danielle was just laughing about it you know it's just like what can you do? I mean, uh, at this point, you kind of have to laugh about it, right? Yeah. Um, so give us an update. So 51 weeks later, where are we at? Where well, are they at? They're still farming. Hashtag still farming. That's the biggest thing is that they have continued to do this through damaged silos, damaged breaking down equipment, lack of resources that whole area has. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's just crazy the number of things that have been affected by it. For instance, they're trying to rebuild the rice silos, right? And of all the disasters that might affect that, what do you think is affecting it the most? Take a guess. Kristen? Mm-hmm. Corona. Okay. Uh, my guess would probably be just constant rain. Yeah. Okay. Cassidy, you have a guess? No clue. No clue. <laughs> the, one of the biggest factors in that was the derecho in Iowa. Because most of those things are assembled uh, in the Midwest. Oh. And all of that damage. There's a big straight line wind that moved through Iowa last year. And it was like a tornado. And it damaged, severely damaged. Just hundreds of thousands of acres, right? Right. 
of America. So he's in and a long line. Right. So they had to rebuild all of their equipment. And because that's taking up resources, it's affecting the supply chain all the way down in Louisiana. Not to mention all of the grain bins in that area that's getting rebuilt also. Right. And of so, course, both of you are right. The hurricanes, the rains, and the storms have all, I mean, the rains are keeping people inside from labor. The hurricanes have sucked up resources as well. It's just one, and that's their, the whole story right there in a year, is that they have just encountered disaster after disaster. The um, Danielle has a small herd of cows. Mm -hmm. The freeze killed half of them. Gosh. Huh. Did you talk about in the story, you know, he, he got in a... You got in car a truck. Accident. Yeah, last year I showed the pictures. Right, of like the right week after, after Laura. Yeah, hit. totaled his car. Hurricane Laura. Right. Car accident. Right. Delta. Hurricane Delta. Right. Freeze. Freeze. Mosquitoes. Mosquitoes. Yeah. Torrential rains. Did they have anything good that happened in the past year? They did. Right after they, uh, uh, he, he was in his accident, they found out they were pregnant. So um, it was great, great timing because she was going to have the baby right after rice planting. Well, she's at work. She gets, goes to an appointment uh, and she says, I'll be right back. You know, she works off farm. And so uh, she told her office mate she'll be right back. Uh, they get a text about an hour later, said, nope, uh, apparently I'm having a C-section right now. The baby oh, wow. just come, came early. So uh, they they needed to to do that. So um, the baby was in NICU, but started at four pounds. Is now Danielle's birthday was on Monday when I went out to do the story, and the baby had an appointment then, and she's thirteen pounds. Her name's Amelia. Amelia, yep, good. Amelia Vale. Good deal. Well, that's at least some sliver of of uh, good news, I guess, that goes with all that crap news that. They have a baby now. They, well, their family's growing. It was ironic because we were there May, June of 2020 doing their wife and our profile story. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if you remember. The, well, you do remember how close. It was like you drove literally to the Gulf is what it felt like. Yep. That's how far. That's how close they were to the Gulf. But I don't. You didn't probably look at their interview as much as I did. But no. do you remember him talking about the thing that he was most scared of were hurricanes storms right and he i mean right. petrified he said the wind he said i mean I, I can i can handle lightning i can handle and and then ironically they have two that hit them well even even the day we were out shooting i remember fighting wind so much yes. it was just that because it was just it was so wind. close to the gulf and I, I that's what actually led me to ask like how close are we to like are we are we on the Gulf? And they're like, oh yeah, it's like right there. Yeah, on the other side of their cattle pasture. So, uh, but it, there's that constant Gulf breeze that's blowing that breeze. Mm -hmm. I'm doing an air quotes because it's like 15 miles an hour wind. And it was oh yeah, it's constant. It was, yeah. So I mean, it's they're they are right there in the bullseye. I think you said that on set that they're just I mean both bullseye of them. both of those storms. So I'm glad to see that they're still farming. How, are they optimistic about their crops? Or are they just kind of glad to get into the crop in? Well, there's a couple things going. One is that they're they've had a pretty good crop. It's not great. They've had a lot of blanks in the rice, so they're still assessing that. But the price is pretty good, so mm -hmm. they're that's another silver lining right now. Um, they are saying they are not going to rebuild some things, even though they're he and his dad uh, Martin had built stuff for. 
20, 30 years. Things He's like been, sheds or... Yeah, sheds and some bins and some some things that they're just not going to rebuild. They've just found ways to become more efficient. And that's just... Uh, I think that's kind of forced it on them. Um, one particular thing that you see in the damage is we were... I was riding with him in his combine and his dad was riding in the grain cart and pulled up. And the cart uh, the tractor was pulling had a wooden side on one side. Hmm. And that's from where a tree had fallen and crushed part of the grain cart, and they just put a wood panel on it. And, yeah, I mean, they want, you know, a nicer-looking cart, but, I mean, calling somebody out there to get the parts and the material and the labor and the time to put it on there, I mean, they'd be waiting forever with a grain cart out. So they just put it on there. So it's a lot of things like that. Just that adapting just to keep ad- going. Adapting. And every farmer does it, regardless of what status they're in. You know, they, they have to... They have to be engineers and mechanics as well as farmers on top of a bunch of other professions. But um, that's that's just kind of the situation with mm. them is that they're they're doing the best they can. And that ties really back to their baby. Brandon told me the, uh, he's considered quitting, but Danielle has talked him out of it. And, um, mm. uh, and one of the things she said now is that he sees that this is now not just something that he does that he does with his dad. It's something that can be passed on to Amelia. It's something that she can grow up on the farm and she can do, you know, learn all these things and have that farm life that, that, you know, farm kids grow up on that you guys know about. And well, that was another thing. I don't know if you remember this, that asking him what was, you know, those questions that we ask in the wife in our interviews about what, you know, why do you do this? Mm -hmm. this? When he said the only thing that he felt like that he wished that they had was they didn't have children. That they kind of not that he'd felt like a failure, but remember he got emotional mm-hmm. talking about that they wish they had children to share it with because uh, that's what we were talking about about his. I said how how nice is this to have a partner that you can share this job with? The, talking about sharing it with Danielle. Yes, right. and he said we just wish that we could share it with children. And I thought whenever she posted that she was pregnant, I was like, she said God works in funny ways. I said how much I, because he remember. He was so, he got so he got emotional, emotional. Yeah. talking about it. And I said, well, one day. And he said, maybe one day. So yeah. it was like through all of this terrible things that happened to them in the past year, that was so wonderful that that happened for them. Yeah, it really was. It's a guiding light. And and like I told, we talked about on set, you know, it was just so, it's so hard seeing farm couples, young farm couples get started in farming much less all the stuff that they've had to go through. Mm-hmm. You know, and my heart just breaks. With everything right, right. it's still hard, you know. Well, he had, his, his story was truly fascinating to me because he talked about, remember all of the, all of the different crops. He had spoken with professors at different universities. He was bound and determined that he was going to make, you know, he tried wheat, he tried corn, he mm-hmm. tried all of these different crops that are not technically, typically grown down there. Mm-hmm. And his dad told him, you're spinning your wheels Two two crops work down here, rice and cattle. And he said, but he gave it, you know, two, three good years of hard trying. He tried wheat. He tried just things that people don't grow down there. And Mm -hmm. he said, and I'm growing rice and cattle. So he was, I mean, it's a, it's a really tough area to farm down there. It is, but the people who do it love it. And you can see why, I mean, the land's beautiful. The, you know, the, the, um, it's a rural area. It's really pretty. And, um, they're, they want to continue doing this as long as they can. And I, I think also Danielle, like I said, works off farm. She's not, doesn't have a farm background. 
but she fell in love with it and took mm-hmm. it like a duck to water. Mm-hmm. And that's what's also, I think, has kept Brandon going is to see her flourish in that. She, by the way, is Susanna says a five-year plan to build a slaughterhouse mm-hmm. in that area, which I think is fascinating. And they want to do more than just their own beef. They want to do custom cuts for, you know, uh, lamb and, and pork and everything really, I think, but poultry. Yeah. I remember, I think we talked about that mm-hmm. when we did the story with them. That, I and mean, I was just like, how are you going <laughs> to, my thought was, how in the world managing your own farm, managing your off-farm job, you know, now knowing a growing family mm-hmm. and all of this is like, man, but it's, I remember thinking, how are you going to handle all that? But also that's what farmers do all the time is they take yeah. on other stuff, they diversify, they, you know, pivot. And that's, I was, I remember being really impressed. I'm glad you say that that's still like part of their plan because it's oh, yeah. really cool, especially that, that the last, you know, year hasn't hampered that dream or that, you yeah. know, desire. So that's cool. I, well, I think, anything, it encouraged it, I think, yeah. because so many people were having trouble when yeah, that's true. COVID first hit. I think that's probably what, if they hadn't, if they didn't already have the idea, they were full steam ahead with it after that because so many people were having trouble finding meat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I didn't think about that aspect but or yeah. getting or if they had if they had cattle getting it processed yeah yeah i i wish them the best of luck you know like lake charles has like the number one place in the country people moved out of in 2020 due to the hurricanes and due mm-hmm. to all that damage and so that affects markets that affects things like custom cuts i think there's always going to be a market for that kind of thing and i hope people will come back i hope that area will rebuild but there's a lot of economic headwinds in, in regards to that. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully, you know, they'll, they'll find a, a great way to continue and persevere and move on. And, and I, I really hope that they just do more than just survive in these next few years, but they're able to flourish. Yeah. Take some steps forward and actually progress, yeah. which would be nice. Yep. Well, talking about rice, talking about rice harvest, mm-hmm. we talked about a lot, but to my rice harvest, that's kind of what, where I got my idea for my story this week. Right. Tis the season. Tis the season. But, my thought was, like, oh, we don't need another rice harvest update. But one thing that is pretty clear with every rice story, every harvest story in my head is um, extra traffic on the roads, being tractors, grain trucks, the combines moving from field to field. So I reached out to some farmers in Vermilion Parish. I actually went there two weeks in a row now. But uh, Alan McLean, who I've almost go, have gone to now three years probably in a row, just reaching out, trying to find some farmers that are uh, cutting rice in that area because it's a lot of rice down that way. Um, but trying to find some people that are, you know, moving from field to field and to show how much is involved with these tractors and these combines moving from one one part of the farm to another part of the farm, one part of the parish to another part of the parish. And, like, you know, a lot of these are happening on two-lane roads. And it's dangerous. Like, I mean, there's no question about it. So I wanted to kind of do a little bit of a PSA this week about, you know, how dangerous it is. But also, you know, the farmers are trying to just, that they're going to move out of the way when they can. And I wanted to uh, just kind of show show some of that. And it worked out great this week that I could because I got there and I got to, you know, ride the combine for a little bit. But also got to move from, I, I followed them as they moved from one farm to the next. And you could see in my drone, I flew my drone overhead. And you can see the combine, you can see the grain cart being pulled behind it, taking up almost the entire two-lane little rural road in, you know, South Vermilion Parish. And it's like, 
it's kind of crazy that that's what you know people stumble across and get mad about all the time. And I've actually found myself on my way to the story, kind of rolling my eyes a little bit because I was on one of these two lane roads, and I, there's just enough traffic where you can't pass these tractors sometimes. But I was like having to be patient, and I was kind of getting impatient a little bit as I'm going to do a story about being patient on the roads. Cause that's the number one takeaway from farmers talking with farmers, talking with uh, Matt Sergo here in the office about, you know, he's our state, one of our safety guys here at the farm bureau. Everybody's like, Hey, just be patient. Just slow down, take a couple minutes and the tractor's going to get out of your way. And that's what happened. But I was on my way to shoot a story about that mm -hmm. getting impatient. So yeah. anyways, that's what that's what my story is about this week, and uh, made me think about you know being from being from a small farm town, and probably you know escorting a tractor and a pickup truck with flashers on or something. That being something so so common, something I see all the time growing up, and I'm sure I mean you saw it too outside of Washtenaw Parish. Sometimes there's tractors moving from field to field, but it's something that even I forget coming from that you know and i wanted to do a little a uh, little story about it for you know rural residents just maybe like to keep in mind just to be be a little bit more mindful of these tractors that can't you know stop on a dime or can't uh you know can't always get out of the way so for us to kind of yield to them a little bit when we can so right anyway that's my story i'm rambling now well what i was <laughs> going to say with about that is Related to the safety message, I think about Jay Grimes, who's frequently on our show with uh, as a meteorologist. And one of the things when it rains, he always tells people, turn around, don't drown. You right. Know? And it seems just, at some point, you just think, why is this guy continually saying it? Yet, this past spring, I mean, he was, he, every time it would rain, and it was raining all the time, he would say that. 33-year-old guy drowned in his car in a Baton Rouge, drove into a water higher than his, his car, couldn't open the door, died. So those safety messages, I mean, they, they, you can only say it so many ways, but you have to really be, it, it does need to be said and, and people do need to pay attention. I, I'm guilty of being impatient on the road too. I think everybody is. Yeah. But, um, uh, the, you just have to do it. You really have to think about that and, and be, share the road with these farmers. I do have a good friend that was outside of Frogmore. They were in a combine, either a combine or one of those huge cotton picker baler combinations. Mm -hmm. Her and her husband, I think an 18 wheeler hit him, tried to pass him, somehow hit him on the road. And both of them like were seriously, seriously injured. Yeah. They were and in the cotton picker or the combine. Yeah. I mean, something that big, you just don't think. You think of it being in invincible. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. But, but the, the accident was that bad that I think she broke her pelvis and maybe several Gosh. bones in her back and leg. Mm. Well, that's one of the things that... Uh, so it does happen. Yeah. I was riding in the combine with Alan just kind of talking about my story. And he's like, man, there's so many times where we, we're, we're trying to get out of the way, you know, and there's a mailbox or there's a culvert or there's mm -hmm. some reason that we can't move. And these people are trying to get around us, pass, trying to pass us on the shoulder of the other, uh, in, on the, the left-hand side, passing us on the shoulder. And it's like, if you just wait until we get past this row of mailboxes, I'll get out of your way. But people get so impatient. And it's, 
and and like you, I mean, these combines are not invincible. And furthermore, these combines cost a half million dollars, sometimes these up to a million dollars with these cotton pickers. You know, they're yeah. stupid expensive. You can't just take that to the ditch. Right. You know, if there's somebody coming at you, you know, without getting some causing some serious damage. I I told Alan, I said that to Alan. He was like, oh, yeah, I mean, you're talking about an all-day affair. You got to get the state police out there to, you know, manage it. And, you know, if you break a wheel off or something, you got to have, you know, some serious uh, tow trucks to come and lift you out of that. And the damage, not to mention the financial damage. Anyways, he's like, it's not just like, you know, pulling your truck out of the ditch. It's it's serious. So, anyways, it made me just think about, like, man— I forget how complex of an accident that could be, you know, and how dangerous. Like, I mean, an 18-wheeler and a combine do not need to ever touch, you know, in that in that way. So, anyways, for the listener, for the, the rural resident, for us as we're out on the road, I mean, the number one thing I heard from, from Matt, from the farmers is, hey, just give us a minute. Give them a minute. It's okay to be a little impatient, but don't let it come out in your driving because we all are trying to get where we need to be. And one of the, the farmers said, uh, one of the farmers, Mr. Boyd, said, give us a, give us five minutes and we'll be out your hair. Yeah. Give us five minutes, to, uh, spare five minutes and we'll be out your hair. It's something like that is what he said. And I was just like, that's a great way to put it because these farmers are just trying to get to the field. They're just trying to put food on our tables. And right. Nobody wants any any accident. They don't want to be on that road any more than you want. Absolutely. Absolutely. So anyways, there's yeah. there's my public safety rant for right. for all of us. I'm sorry. Sorry I talked too long about it, but Cassie, you ever been stuck behind a uh, a tractor? My way here. On your way here? Mm-hmm. I don't believe that. I swear in Central. Well. I was not happy. <laughs> <laughs> but now I know to be patient. Now you know to be patient. Hey, my my rant, she my ranting house work. Earlier. Well, here's here's what I want to ask you, Cassidy. Is we went out on a shoot into rural central Louisiana. For Bless you your for the heart. First I time. saw that picture. That was northeast Louisiana. Northeast Louisiana, central north, whatever. Tell me your thoughts about that. Going through those towns. I didn't think that was real life. <laughs> like, that's what you see in like Hallmark movies. Yeah. I want to want the record to show she went to Winsboro, Louisiana. She also went through Gilbert. And Gilbert. Well, home but of one James R. Monroe. Former. She went to my hometown, and she's talking about it looks like a Hallmark movie. And but not like, like... What do those people do? Ser- seriously, I don't think that they do anything. <laughs> <laughs> my mom's a nurse. She works at the hospital. Well, no, not like your family. <laughs> I'm just talking like there was not a Walmart, not a school. Was there a Walmart in We have a Walmart. No, I'm talking about the the oh, cities like Gilbert, or towns or whatever those places they, would even be called. There are some small communities there. Yeah, I'm not talking about just about where you were from. <laughs> I'm talking about everywhere else. Whenever I whenever I heard Neil taking you with him up there, I was like, oh boy, this would be interesting. I just really didn't know. That's is that is that a town? Gilbert, yeah, it, it was. Village. But I mean, didn't it call it a village? Now? Yeah, it's a village now. But I, I think the main thing was is that. You know what they do for income in that town? Speeding tickets. Yeah. <laughs> well, they do that. And, and it's a great question Cassidy has because, like, what do people do? And that's part of the problem. They go, rural that's America. what I kept asking. Yeah. They go to work in Winsboro. Yeah. 
Are they kind of Munro to shop or? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like there was nothing. Are they Amazon Prime at a bet? <laughs> <laughs> more and more. Yeah, that you. Uh, I was shocked. You also went on a nice cool day. Oh a my cool gosh. Louisiana day. I was about to say. Yeah, it was the one day. It was probably the hottest day of the year so far. <laughs> I was dripping sweat. <laughs> Not even five minutes of being outside. That's I got it in my eye and I was like trying to ask some questions like blinking, trying to get the sweat out of my <laughs> I eye. I made her do the interview and in that hot weather. And then I made her hold one of the army worms, which she wasn't you held one about. Yeah. And it wasn't actually a worm. That's a caterpillar. It's a right? caterpillar. Yeah. They just call it army worms. So yeah. it was, it, was it not as gross as you were expecting? I mean, the more I looked at it, the more I was like, you can take it off now. <laughs> but it wasn't as, if it was an actual worm, I don't, I would not have held it. But it was yeah. a caterpillar. Yeah. So it wasn't slimy? If yeah. it was slimy, you're out? Yeah, and caterpillars are cuter than worms. Oh, are they? A little bit. Worms are just brown and... Slimy. Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> well, she made her squish one. Casty, when did you start as an intern with us? June. First of June. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's about the la- last time we did a podcast was right before right. you came on. Can you tell us what you've been actually doing, the the riveting work you've been doing since joining the Bureau team? Does your listener know what uh, tape is? Possibly. Okay. Because <laughs> I did it. I can't believe this. I did it. I can't it. believe I knew, you well, never no. heard. I knew what a tape was, but the other name that y'all VHS? called it. Yes. Oh, we called it a VHS tape. I didn't know that, that there was another word for it. So I didn't know what they were talking about at first. Generational thing. I, I just I do want to point that out. Cassidy is not stupid. It's just that she's twenty years old, and all of this stuff is antiquated. I mean, twenty years ago we were moving to Blu-ray already. It's not yeah, like I've seen it like a big mind. VHS tape like of Home Alone, but like that was it, and I barely remember that. You didn't know what it was called though. You just called it the tape. tape. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. That was the last form of tape we really used. Yeah. Everything's been disc or now MP3s. Yeah. And yeah. Look at us now. I, I sympathize because when I first came on to do radio, they were doing reel-to-reel. They had just gotten away from reel-to-reel and only cassettes, and then digital was, you know, of course, becoming the thing it is mm-hmm. today. But uh, I never learned how to use the reel-to-reel machine. Mm. And uh, uh, that was... You know, I, I had similar feelings about it. Like, I didn't want to mess around with that thing. Yeah. You have to cut it and match it, and it's just, it's... Uh, so, so what, Cassidy, you're doing is taking these VHS tapes and digitizing them. Correct. Have you done... How many tapes do you think you've done? Oh, so many. <laughs> I'm almost done. I'm actually really killing it. Yeah. She is. <laughs> you've working hard on been it. nonstop. So, yeah. we have Twyla... Twyla began back in what... 81? Mm-hmm. 81. So we're about to hit 40 years. I don't know why I had to struggle with that math. But we've got tapes and tapes and tapes in all kinds of different shapes and sizes. VHS, beta. Uh, we've got some DVDs that's, that have already smaller been done. Ones. The smaller one, DV Cam. Yeah. That DV Cam. We were still doing those when I started. Yeah, we were. Here. That's what yeah. you're working on now is the mm-hmm. DV Cam. And there's a larger DV Cam, I think, also. Mm-hmm. There's like a 64 and a 184. What do those mean? What are those numbers? I just know that they don't fit in the thing that we have. <laughs> They're the length Learn of something the new every day. Um, so we have all these different uh, tapes and forms of archived Twyla shows that we're trying to make digital so that when we move to a new building, we don't have to take a bunch of tapes with us. Um, so that's been a big project that Cassie's been shouldering for the last two months. And, and I did break. What was it called? 
Oh, uh, what is this thing? The beta? Yes. The beta player. Three-quarter inch. Three-quarter inch beta stuff. So we got to get find some way to... That stuff was on its last legs 15 years ago. <laughs> she, she said she broke it, but... I didn't actually break it. We don't it, really it more know. like died of natural causes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's nothing it diagnosable. It's just yeah. like, uh, yeah, I'm supposed to... You're supposed to retire me like 20 years ago. I don't know what you still have me for. Oof. So we're going to figure out a way for a few more thing? things. Older Beta than, thing? Older probably than older than me. Yeah. Oh. It's, it's I, I think... I mean, we never... I didn't use it, and I started in 96. So we were, you know, past it then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, um, uh, don't want to offend the listener or listeners, Last but, uh, it's ancient. <laughs> Anyways, that's what you've been working on. But hey, that ties in perfectly though, Neil. To your story. Segway. Right. To I, the boost. I knew it was coming. Yeah. The boost. That's why I look back. We're, we're kind of doing a little looking into the archives for our Twilight boost lately since we're hitting 40 years. And Kristen had a, uh. A lovely boost this week. Why don't you tell us about that? Well, I was struggling it, trying to find one. Oh, I'm trying to do one from each of us, mm-hmm. one of our archives. So you're next. So you're going to have to find one. Brace Neil, yourself. That is interesting. Horseback. Boost-worthy. Oh, yes. See, I wish I we could show that. the bloopers. That was hilarious. <laughs> Landon's still, every time it's going down, I'm yelling timber. He said, I always think about Neil. Her name's Rio, and she dances on the sand. <laughs> anyway, Johnny was not happy with that reference. <laughs> that was the best video. So we've been looking back through the archives, and you found one and for each of us. I was trying to find one for you. I haven't was... been here long enough. I felt I felt like you shouldn't even include me because I haven't been here long okay. enough to really celebrate the five. Like I mean, five years is how long I've been here. Forty years is how long Twyla's been on the show. So I'm thinking, like, well, the let's beer go. one was interesting because. We I'll have like, done. It does. It does tie. We have in done with, a lot of alcohol-related mm-hmm. stories. I, I think wish we because it's something out of the box. Do we have a playlist on Spotify or on uh, Spotify yes. on YouTube of just alcohol. alcohol stories? Yep. Do you know how many st- are in there? No. Do you want me to look? No, I'm just curious because it's a lot. We yeah. have done. I was just thinking of the last couple of years we've done a Guilty. deal. Yeah. Well, yeah. I've done a bunch. Neil, if it's not between sugar, Avery and I, if it's not sugar cane or mm-hmm. alcohol for a couple. Months there, it felt like Neil was doing the story. Hey, I mean, somebody's got to do it. May as well be me. By the way, I'm taking us to a brewery in a few weeks. So, oh, we are just uh, why brace yourselves. Twilight on the road, or what we're doing this, this week in your town? Thing? That's yep. happening. Yep. When? Where? It's coming back. Lacassine. We're going, and it's not a brewery. Actually, it's a distillery. Buy your rum. Buy you rum. Mm-hmm. What, what? When are we doing this? And you won't be going in a couple weeks. Buy yourself. <laughs> I got a million. Oh, by the way, head. team meeting real quick. Hey, Kristen, we're gonna go. We're gonna go to uh, Lacassine and shoot an episode of Twyla. It's kind a of pod- place? podcast slash. Lacassine is on the interstate, going towards Lake Charles. It's on the almost to Lake Charles. Mm. It's where Bayou Rum is, mm-hmm. which Neil did a story what a few months ago, five yeah. six months ago, maybe February, maybe back March, in the spring. Like yeah, that. there's yeah. 27 videos in here. 27 mm. videos. Wow, but it's a great consumer tie. I it mean, ties perfectly to the consumer. I think so. Alcohol and agriculture. Alcohol and agriculture. Yep. How many of those are you in, Kristen Oaks White? Um, one, two. The ride the lightning. Wh- which? Three. We well, got a few. We got a few. 
mine is mm-hmm. I, I haven't done that many. I, I can uh, no pat myself on the back. I I can't compete with Neil and Avery on these or Kristen clearly seven <laughs> and Eight. she's still counting. But wow, we did I did one on Cane Break at mm-hmm. which is a Parish Brewing beer, probably one of their more popular uh for the masses kind of popular right. domestic. Um, it's my favorite beer. In fact, I had one this weekend. It's just so good, so refreshing. But Cane Break is inspired by the cane fields that surround it, uh, the brewery. Cane Break Rattlesnake. Um, but it's inspired by the, you know, uh, the sugar cane that is used. They use Steen's syrup right. uh, to, to brew it. And it's, it's I, I just love it. It's my favorite beer. But we did the story. I did a story there. And I, it was mainly my excuse to go to the brewery, do a stand-up, drinking a beer. Mm-hmm. And that's pretty much it. And I came back with a, a couple of big uh, growlers of, of cane break. And they do a strawberry cane break mm. when it's in season. And it is not to knock on a beta. It's better than straw beta, straw whatever it is, the strawberry abita. Mm-hmm. It's 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 so so subtle. But, right. Ugh. Parish Brewing does an IPA called Ghost in the Machine. That is my wife's. I'm about to say, I think Sherry probably is into that. She loves it. And if she can get it on tap, she's just in heaven. They're a fantastic brewery. Y'all been to the brewery? No. Y'all should. It's really cool. Really, really cool. Um, Did you get a final number, Kristen, of how many you did? More than eight? Eight, Eight I counted. But there could be some stuff in there that's not. Mm -hmm. I did a lot. A kick, like in 2012, I was going to. There were several in South Louisiana. There were some rum places. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Make you miss doing those stories? Much to my uh, grandmother's displeasure. Remember? Yeah, I do remember that. (laughs) Hardcore Baptist. Not feeling She was not happy about the moonshine one. Oh, yeah. I said, it is agriculture. Maybe you should just watch the story, Mm -hmm. Mamal. I tied it to agriculture, I promise. Right. I think. Oh, his was, you didn't have have to try. I mean, he... Oh, yeah. His was, that's still one of my favorite stories. Um, that story should have been that, sh- that needs to be in the in the look back. Actually, what what was that show? Was that from a DC sh- mm-hmm. DC trip? He's near DC. He's in Virginia. Yeah, that's going to be one of those shows. I think we're going to re air. Yeah, you know, for sure. I, we're going to do a stretch of, of of reruns that are from kind of the look back era of the last forty years, and that's going to have to be on the list because that story is so so good. I'm looking forward to that. Uh, again, the um, I'm trying to do, by the way, a story, speaking of all of that, on wetland sake. There is a mm. sake yeah. brewing place in New Orleans that uses Louisiana rice exclusively. And they work with LSU to develop this and bring it in, and they make it this uh, Japanese alcohol from from there so of course it's right yeah you'd be you'd be all about that alcohol <laughs> it's for rice it's for promoting rice oh oh rice promoting rice. rice yeah that's real rice, rice of you baby <laughs> september is rice month it is hey there you could be there there's I'm your trying hook. to get it in time for that hey uh can we can we talk about something else you're working on alcohol wise sure the uh possibility of a little exclusive Oh, Brew. well, we, we do have something, a surprise for that. I don't want to reveal too, too much okay. about it. But if you look back through my stories that I've done on various places, uh, it relates to that, and it will be a surprise for It'll for be in that year. playlist. You yeah. can you can look look somewhere here that. near but Baton Rouge. Wetlands is first. Wetlands first. Yep. Gotcha. I'm looking forward to that. I've been, 
I've been I've I've seen that on your like list of stories you're trying to get make mm-hmm. happen for a while. Right. And I keep pushing that back up there <laughs> to remind you because I want to see that story. I do too. I hopefully I've been talking with them. I think they're a little reticent to talk because they've never done a story like this before. Mm-hmm. But uh, I sent them the Bayou Rum piece, and hopefully they'll get the idea that you know promoting your your uh, sake in 17 networks across the state is not bad not the worst advertising no not especially not for free yeah no um anything else guys i do want to end on this note and that is you gave me grief for promoting my story but you talked about two stories on this week's show <laughs> mm-hmm. two stories to my one how did story. i give you grief what did i give two you grief stories. i don't give you the very attention. first thing I, rewind the tape i never Play the tape i never Cassidy. give get the tape <laughs> tape this isn't tape this is digital i figured yeah uh, I don't know. I don't know that I ever gave you grief. I've never given you grief for anything, Neil. Wow! You just everyone grief. Just kidding. Just, just, I'm just kidding. kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Just kidding. That's who I'm. I'm getting grief from Kristen mm-hmm. Oaks on the on the reg. <laughs> on the reg. Be better. Be right. Be cooler. <laughs> hey, uh, you got to believe. Be a goldfish, Kristen. Who I I, I I told you. Did I not tell you that you would like the show? Neil, mm-hmm. do you have Apple TV? No, I don't. You don't have anything Apple, do you? No. Dude, not if I can help it. Ted Lasso. Funny. Funny stuff. Here we go. Oh, we got to stop. Okay. My dad loves that show. Why? I don't know. It's oh. a good he's, show. He's funny. Because it's a good he show. He is funny. I haven't watched it. Mm-hmm. Cassidy's dad, by the way, same age as me. <laughs> same age. <laughs> That's cute. I thought he's a year older than you. He's 48. I'm 47. But I turned 48 in October. Yeah, he is 48. Dang. He'll be 49 in November, so you're a year behind. It is just mind-blowing, folks, that I've I've just gotten to this. I used to be the young one in this department. Neil, when you came in and sat down. I was 22. Neil Neil came in to join us for the podcast, coming from the radio room. Mm -hmm. And do you want to repeat what you were saying when you came in? Not exactly. (laughs) No, that's... uh, it was like the after after show version. But essentially, I recognize the fact that have you ever even listened to radio? Like re- regular dial on. Like on the radio station AMFM. in your car? Yeah. 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 Okay. A little. A little. I'd prefer my music. Right. Of course you do. Why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you want to listen to only your stuff that you like? Because that's the way everything's going. But it's just amazing how things have changed over the years. That's what I was grumbling about prior to the show. Back that? in my day. Back, Back in, in my day. day. That's the Neil Malone song we all we all know and love. How did I get to be here? You're the old man. <laughs> <laughs> it's not fair because there's like a group of y'all that are all millennials. And there was I'm just not a me. millennial. Jesus Pete. She's not <laughs> even a millennial. We got a, we got a Z-er what's, in what's here now. What's after millennial? Z. Generation Z. I don't know about that. I barely made it. Do you claim that? Do you want to be a Zer? I don't know. I didn't know that was a thing until like two years ago. Yeah. When you were 18. But we're not awful. (laughs) (laughs) Hey. And with that, right? With that, this Gen X will uh, close the show out. I want to thank Cassidy and Carl and Kristen and Monica for taking pictures. All that shutterbug noise you hear, that's her. And uh, thank you all for joining us. We'll see you again next time. Bye.
If you can, subscribe to us on your favorite place to get podcasts. Also, leave us a review wherever you're listening, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Google Play, and let us know what you think about the show. Reviews are great, but sharing is how you show that you're caring. So bring (laughs) your mother in, bring your sister in, share this podcast with them, let them know that you enjoy listening to the Twilight After Show. And don't forget this podcast is produced by the Louisiana Farm Bureau Federation, the voice of Louisiana agriculture. 